Hi, this is Gilbert Godfrey, and you're listening to the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. It is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. We've got a full house today on July 3rd, 2020. Um, arguably the longest year of any of our lives at this point. True. But uh, full house Ben is here. I'm here, of course. We have our new uh, new attendee to the show, Jerry Garrett. You know him possibly from previous shows as one of the former Jays in Trey J Cigars. And... Uh, blender of the vicarious blue and now a very talented retiree um, enjoying his time so jerry welcome thank you very much i appreciate you guys asking me or giving me this opportunity oh yeah definitely and making his uh triumphant return after i don't really know how long uh, senior is with us tonight it, it has been a while it's good to be back yeah. <laughs> we were, so, uh, senior, are you taking are you taking a break for a day or two, or you, how's your holiday yeah weekend? I yeah I took off uh, Wednesday afternoon and then uh, or no Thursday afternoon, excuse me, and I'll be off Friday Saturday. Go back uh, at it Sunday. Good for With yeah, we we're, we're sitting out here. I got my feet kicked <laughs> up and. A little something to drink, and life is pretty good for all that's going on in the world. Yeah, all things considered, man. yeah. Do you have to wear a mask when you drive? <laughs> not, <laughs> not driving, but we do have a a lot of our customers that require them when you're on their property. So, so you keep them with uh, you when you get there. Oh yeah, I, I've got them in the truck all the time, and. Uh, most of the time when we get out of the truck stop or uh, a restaurant or something like that, we're always putting the mask on, using hand sanitizer when we get back and stuff like that, trying to stay healthy anyway. Yep. Has anyone we know been affected, like directly, family, anything like that? Anyone's relatives? I have one, I have one friend who, who was infected. Uh, he was 42. Uh, he was a nurse, which, you know, therefore seems kind of not too surprising that happened to him. But he recovered completely. That's the only one I know. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's amazing how many, like, doctors and people in the professional medical industry. I mean, I know because they're around it more. But, you know, when I see them, you know, some of them make it, some of them not. Like, they have access to medicine. This is, like, some serious stuff. Yeah, one of my uh, friends, his fiance's mom, has it um, currently. But she's she's actually doing okay on the on the road to a full recovery. So I, th I think she's going to be Great. fine. Which she didn't have any pre-existing conditions or anything like that, so shouldn't be too bad. Is anyone on like lockdown still or quarantine for a bit? So no. Tennessee, really. well, at least Nashville. Um, Davidson County, where I live, they just reverted back to "quote unquote" phase two. The bars and the restaurants, bars are closing back down. 
Um, restaurants are going to go dine-in only again because cases are exploding here. Not quite 9,000 one-day Florida explosive, but we're we're not doing too good with it. Uh, but I just well, and Alabama's just, having some of those same struggles. Alabama, <laughs> Jesus, I don't know if you saw that story, but um, the Corona party, mm-hmm. and this just tells you everything you need to know about the University of Alabama students. But roll tad, all that bullshit. Um, but they're throwing, uh, they're having a betting pool essentially. Um, and all these people who throw money into the pool, the first one that gets the coronavirus wins the money. So, yeah, that's if you want to know why uh, Alabama's not doing good, that might be why. You can't uh, say that probably explains a lot. You yeah, can't but, pick stupid. No, you really can't. Uh, but you can raise money for it. <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, Ohio's pretty much back open. Uh, you know, of course, the uh, restaurants and so on are limited to their, their capacities. That's the one thing. Uh, I think Ohio's doing moderately well as far as the national count. But the county that I live in, Butler County, we have out of 360,000 people, we have 1,400 cases reported and 44 deaths. So uh, it seems like it's pretty much under control, at least in this little oasis. So, I see. So it's, it's, it looks like it's kind of plateauing a little bit, at least to a degree, like it's not spiking as much as that sound. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, but we're all safe. I'm guessing none of, you know, yeah. as far as we can tell. Okay. Thank, thank goodness. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've found, I mean, me and Jerry and Darlene, we went to Atlanta. What was it? Two months ago, visited Marley, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we were all healthy. We wore our masks. We really didn't go anywhere other than the occasional grocery store visit. But I mean, you can, at this point, you've you just got to look at it and say, okay, we got to live our lives and not be yeah. a slave Thank you. to the virus. Thank you. Yeah. But a few weeks ago was um, Father's Day. And one of the, and I say this for two reasons one, because I got senior one, but two, because I tried to one myself last night. But, um, the My Father Flor de las Antillas. Most of us are familiar with that one, but mm. I'm not familiar with the Maduro version. And I got got one for him, and he really liked it. And I got one and smoked it last night at my birthday party. And, um, I have to say, I mean, the regular Flor de las Antillas is great, but honestly, right. Maduro is even better. In my opinion. I have to hold for that. Yeah, that... Uh... That one I had was really good. So I noticed um, Cigar Aficionado put out a, uh, a little article the other day about uh, 16 uh, mild cigars that even occasional smokers would enjoy. And I was just peeking at the list. I've had some of them, some of them I've never even heard of. But um, some of the ones that poked out to me, and most of these are Connecticut for the most part, but the CAO Gold I've had that one before. Um, honestly, really enjoyed that one. Camacho, Connecticut. That's honestly one of my favorite Connecticut's. Uh, let's see what else is on here. The Oliva, Connecticut Reserve Churchill. That one's good. That is a classic. The Oliva Serie V, Connecticut. That and I think maybe the CAO Gold and possibly the Rocky Patel 99 are some of the most like classic staple. 
I guess introductory because they're easy to smoke. Um, the Balmoral, I think the Balmoral brand is going away. I don't think we're good. I'm pretty sure I read an article where they're not going to be making that for the U.S. anymore. Yeah. Which sucks because Balmoral, I like Balmoral. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it was, it, that, that article was very interesting. It's almost like a Hall of Fame for uh, Connecticut cigars, you know. Uh, one yeah. common thread I did notice, though, and I'm sure you guys did too. Did you get pay attention to what the majority of the rappers were? Uh, it seems to be I mean, Ecuadorian Connecticut. Ecuadorian Connecticut. Connecticut. The vast majority of, of the these Connecticut cigars, excuse me, cigars out there now seem to be leaning toward that uh, that rapper. You guys, guys, any opinions about that? Why or? I. Uh, could it you possibly know, be just the, the availability? Well, that has something to do with it, but also, I, I tell you what, in my limited experience, let me go heavily on limited, okay, with that leaf uh, in, in my own hands, it, it's, I really think it's someone that believes brings that real creamy flavor to a lot of Connecticut cigars. I think that's one of the reasons you see for its popularity. Was that on the Vicarious White? Yes. That's Okay. It's not just your typical well. Connecticut shade. It's got a little, I don't say density, but maybe it's that creamy, but there's a little spice, I think, just a hint. Isn't yeah, there? just, just a, a, well, in that particular case, just a little bit of spice and actually a little bit of almost like peppermint toward the end. But uh, I mean, I understand. I just want to see what your guys' opinion was, but I understand why it's a very popular rapper because uh, it, it does do, it, it gives a lot of that creamy flavor to the Connecticut's. One of the things I noticed about that list, and I'm kind of parting from it a little bit too, was the fact that you've got a really interesting blend there and in the whole Connecticut cigar world right now of the, the uh, old standbys, the giants of the, of the industry, the Macanudos, the Fuentes, the Perdomos, which by, by the way, makes very good cigars. Uh, my father, uh, but then on the other hand, you got people like New World, AJ, uh, Asylum, you know, uh, uh, Rose of Sharon, made by Southern Draw. Uh, it's kind of interesting that we have a kind of a combination of the, the, the uh, old establishment and the new young guns. But I think that's kind of indicative of the whole, the, the whole uh, business right now, don't you think? True. And one of, the, one of the newer cigars on this list and one that I actually like, the Underground Shade. Oh, yeah. Very um, good. The Underground line, been blended by Willie Herrera. Uh, right. Which we uh, incidentally met his mother while we were in... Uh, Miami. Yeah, great lady. But yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, and it's pretty, I think it may actually be the newest one on this list. I was trying to take a look at that. Yeah. Actually, I think the High Clare Castle, Nick Melillo is sort of what I can tell newer to the game, but he's been, well, he's had some pretty decent success, both with the High Clare Castle and then also Foundation and um, yeah. his, uh, I forgot the other one. I actually have one of his cigars in my humidor. It's the, Oh, for crying out loud. It's the one that everyone likes. It's got the little old yeah. man on front. Uh, yeah. Tabernacle. Uh, Thank you. That's tabernacle. The tabernacle. Yeah. tabernacle. Yeah. Um, Kyle Jealous. I have, yeah. I have not had his Connecticut, but, but just kind of thinking about the rest of the stuff he's doing, I'm sure it's very good. Well, he used to roll four Drew Estate, so I think he right. probably is familiar with the same leaf that's, you know, if it's on the underground, right. I'm, I, you know, he seems to have a a lot of experience with that, but I wonder if you think maybe, so Jerry, I was going to bring this up with you yeah. that I've got you on the line in relation yeah. to, 
I don't know if it's like an industry. So as an industry, what I've seen recently has been like people have been doing short, they want fatter cigars. They want more filler. They're trying to get more bang for the buck as, as they think. Right. Um, but typically I prefer smaller ring gauge because you get more of the wrapper and that's where more of the richness and flavor and stuff like that comes from. Um, when it comes to making between, let's say, Maduro cigars or Connecticut shade, Rosado, something lighter shade, yeah. is it as... Because it's not, it's not easy to make either one. But to me, like when you're making a Maduro cigar, I, I think that the leaf is more flavor flexibility to offer. And I think maybe, so you're, it's more forgiving if you over ferment or under ferment, I would think. Um, yeah. Whereas with Connecticut shade, it's more delicate. It's more light shade. So it may show more defects easier. Exactly. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the Connecticut are so much more affected by temperature, uh, sunlight and all that kind of cold. You know, how many times have you tried to smoke a Connecticut on a cold morning and have a crack on you, you know? Uh, or uh, if it's humid, you can't keep it lit. A lot of times, it's, that's, it's, it's a very delicate leaf. You hit the word around the nail. So when you're doing that, I mean, as far as the, because it, it seems to be less forgiving because it's lighter, so it's yeah. going to show more blemishes and things like that. But right. also, like you said, it's, it's less flexible for humidity. I'm guessing it's probably a thinner leaf, more shade grown, so there's yeah, less very, photosynthesis to work with. Yeah, much better. Um, so how do you actually incorporate, like, what, how do you, what are you looking for when you're blending a cigar that's a Connecticut shade, for example, or Ecuadorian Connecticut? You want to get flavor out of it, but it won't have that strength and that, uh, of the Ligero. So it won't have like a high nicotine per se. So it's going to be right, flavorful, but more so like on a fluffy pancake side, not a heavy right. slice of bacon side, you know? Right. Well, believe me, I am no expert at blending by any means, okay? I kind of, I, what I've always said about the blue is, I don't know if I was lucky or good, probably lucky, but you know, I, I can't, <laughs> don't, I don't feel like I can speak on this subject as an expert, but uh, with the Connecticut, uh, you kind of have to start off with what kind of flavor profile you want, you know? Um, I find it very interesting that uh, a lot of the Connecticut use Pennsylvania broadly for fillers. And, you know, my initial thought about Pennsylvania Broadleaf, Pennsylvania Broadleaf is so different from Connecticut leaf, if you know what I mean, Connecticut wrapper leaf. Yeah. You know, one is a very thin, very almost Frederick type leaf. And the Broadleaf is one you can almost beat with a hammer <laughs> to, it, to get where it, you want. But what, so, what I'm trying to go from is I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to say, I, I think you start off with what kind of flavor profile you're going for. And then from there, okay. you, you know, go ahead. No, so so walk me through. Let's say when you're doing the vicarious white, when you say yeah. you want to come up with a profile, where where do you do you start with, like a, an aroma of something, or just off the top of your head? Like when you say I want to make a profile like this cigar to taste and behave this way, what parameters are you looking for to start with? I want a creamy Connecticut. Okay, I want something that's not going to be too heavy, something that might have just a little bit of say uh, cappuccino flavors in it, that sort of thing. Okay. To be honest with you, that, that particular cigar was pretty easy to blend because what it was was just uh, uh, the uh, Dominican minor filler with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, and that worked out pretty well. Actually, There's we no Lijero with, in that. Right. Yeah, with some Lijero in it. Sure, you got to have Lijero. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I know a guy, I won't name who it is, you don't, you don't know him anyway, but uh, he was kind of a newbie with, with the cigar industry and the idea of lease and everything, and somebody explained to him what Lijero was. So he walked around for a few days going, hey, that cigar got any Lajero in it? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Follow-up question. He, yeah. 
I hope I'm helping you, okay? You know, if you want to go heavy, you go a little more toward the Nicaragua stuff. If you want to go out, you go to the, the Dominican. If you want something sweet, you just want a little bit of Colombian. It's just a lot of uh, twisting. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, it's not as scientific as it sounds. It's not easy, don't get me wrong. But it's not as scientific as it sounds. It's so much as just try something to see if it works. If it doesn't, try something else. Hit or miss, you know? Like a food recipe, try a little more right, pepper, right. a little more salt, whatever. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, as long as you kind of got a basic idea of what, what you're going to be expecting from certain leaves. And again, you know, you stick with, with the Dominican stuff. It's going to be mild. We all know that. And then the Ecuadorian throw a little more of that flavor into it, I think. But that's me. I'm just an amateur, okay? Well, let me ask you this much. So if uh, – and I don't mean to steal the show from the other two. You guys are welcome to chime in anytime. any time. I'm well, just, yeah, me too. You guys jump in. It's your show, okay? We're just yeah. two old men talking. Shut up, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> That's a bumper sticker. Yeah. Hello. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm just I'm just sitting <laughs> here soaking it all in, learning well, something one, again. One of the things one of the things I want to say about Connecticut is I absolutely love Connecticut cigars. I absolutely love medium sized cigars. And, and uh, just one more thing that you kind of got away from there. You first started talking about it was the fact that it seemed like people are going for chunky big cigars now. Uh, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to you know, yield here. Uh, I don't understand that because, you know, the more filler you get, the less of the wrapper flavor you're going to get. And let's face it, most wrapper flavor comes from, most of the flavor of the cigar comes from the wrapper. And me, personally, I like anything around about a 50 to a 52, and that's 48. That's about it. I like those. So, okay. Yeah. I yield the floor. Yeah. No, but that's well, an no. interesting point, though. Since since we we're throwing the Connecticut thing around and Jerry was talking about liking the Connecticut's, do you typically, and I'll ask, you know, of each of you, do you typically smoke the Connecticut's early morning or just at any point during the day that, Hey, that's the cigar I want. Are you asking all of us? Yeah, I'm asking all of you. Oh, okay. I mean, me personally, me personally, I, you know, it just depends on what frame of mind I wake up in the morning. I may grab a, a strong Maduro, or I may grab a Connecticut late in the evenings. Uh, but I'm just curious uh, what you guys do. Yeah, I'm kind I know a lot of, of people will. Same, I'm kind of in that same realm. Like I, my inclination would be to typically smoke them in the morning, but I find just grabbing them more at random than anything. Uh, it just depends on, usually it depends more than anything on like what I've had to eat that day. Um, you know, if, if I haven't had a lot to eat or I've eaten really light, I'll stick with like a Connecticut or something like that because some of the other stuff, you know, you get too much Lajero and you'll, you know, get a little uh, queasy stomach. Yeah. So it, at least in my situation, since I live right next to a beach and during quarantine, I had ample time to just walk to the beach because that's pretty much all that I could do <laughs> that I go to the grocery store. So um, I tend to keep a stock of darker Maduro cigars. On average, I tend to lean towards them. Um, I think for a couple of reasons. One, I like the richness of it. I tend to bring like a, uh, a thing of coffee with me. So like a, a mug of coffee. And so I can enjoy that. Um, and it tends to complement. And it for me, I have to start. So right now I have to start really early in the morning because they've got towers on the beach now where there's like you know Baywatch or whatever the people that you know monitor the beach so I have to get there before they I guess open 
or get there after five or six o'clock after they leave. Um, plus it's cooler in the evening and anyway, but the darker cigars to me tend to burn better outside as far as holding a burn rate because it's windy being on the shore. Um, well, again, so that's I tend to like the flavors, but yeah, will suffer because the when, when there's a little wind with Connecticut's, I've noticed it will canoe a lot easier because they're thinner yeah. leaves and there's less ember for it to work with. So, um, but I do enjoy, you know, uh, Connecticut shade cigars. I tend to have sometimes some of the Olivas um, in stock, but I typically keep Maduros just for my particular situation. Um, and early in the morning, it's a pick me up if you get a you know a Maduro cigar. <laughs> um, I don't do it on an empty stomach. I always have some sort of pastry or coffee or something to go with it. Um, but I think in a room, if I'm sitting with like friends, you know, in the lounge where there's smoke, uh, the Connecticut I think is easier. And there's there's certain flavors there that are more delicate, but I think just as savory as a dark cigar. I think it's different profile. So, and to me, it feels like it's more difficult to make flavors out of it. Cause like with a light cigar, to me, you, it sounds like you're on the tipping point. You're on the knife edge of being able to be bland. If you don't put it, you know, if you put too much in there, it becomes spicy and it's, you know, you may not like that. You want something that's gonna be creamy. It's gonna be smooth. It's gonna burn well um, and give you a lot of flavor without the punch behind it of, of the, the nicotine. So um, I don't know. I think there's going to be a mark. I think there might even be a market shift for a more modernized and more updated version of lighter cigars. Now, I think if, if they can get the flavor out of them. The flavor is there. No doubt about it. I'm just, go ahead, Jenny. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I was going to kind of say the same thing. I'm just, I think the industry in general kind of goes through trends. You know, they went through the gigantic ring gauge trend, 770s, 880s. That's kind of normalized a little bit, like they're not as prevalent as they were. You know, the lighter stuff, the darker stuff, it, it kind of comes in waves. So, yeah, I think you'll see Connecticut resurgence, and then eventually it'll switch back, and you'll go back into the darker Maduro stuff. So I, I think it really is just a, kind of a back-and-forth well, trend. Junior, remember when we did that podcast on, it was, I think it was a seven by 70. It was the inch series by EP Curry. It was a, it took us what, three hours to get through that? It was like yeah, three, three and a half hours. I don't think anybody whole, finished that thing. Yeah, I got down exactly to, what I was about to say. I mean, if, the last third was probably the equivalent of like two Robustos. Like it was just an insane <laughs> amount of tobacco. And at that point, when they're that big, honestly, it's not even enjoyable anymore. One, you just look foolish holding a giant cigar that big in your hand. And in your mouth, so it looks silly. But also, it, I mean, it could also be I some type it. of compensation. So. I suppose so. If I have a jacked-up <laughs> truck true. with giant, you know, giant rims or whatever, then yeah, maybe. That's why I drive a 2000 Honda Civic. I don't have to prove anything, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we um, had some interesting news out of the uh, cigar world this week. Gurkha Cigars founder. Uh, Kaizad Hansosha has resigned in the wake of social media controversy. Uh, he made some quote-unquote controversial statements on Facebook about Black Lives Matter, the BLM movement. No, um, senior, he was hacked. <laughs> he didn't yeah. do it, somebody else. So somebody broke into his account and then typed up a, a message that is directly in line with his beliefs, and that's supposed to be the joke. That's like breaking into someone's house and then wiping down their furniture. Like it's, that's, that doesn't make sense, but 
anyway, he did, he did step down. Yeah, he um, hand social claimed on the Gurkha Instagram feed and on Twitter that he was hacked and denied ever posting the comments. But yeah. at the same time, he has ceded management of the company to Jim Colucci, who was previously named president of Gurkha in 2019. Um, they are apparently working to sell Kaizad's uh, shares of the company. So he is not just stepping down. He is out. Um, is out Check from um, Gurkha said we are outraged and saddened at the content of the previous post made on Mr. Hansosha's personal social media accounts. These in no way reflect, <clears throat> excuse me, reflect the position or beliefs of the company, its founding mission, or its employees. Um, packaging is no longer going to bear his name. I mean, one Facebook post and this dude is as good as buried in the sand. And that doesn't make sense, though. I, I mean. Like, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but are we in a world where you can't say what you want to fucking say without either side A or side B approving it first? I mean, I'm not agreeing or defending the guy. I'm just saying, at what point are we not allowed to say anything anymore? Well, it's a, I mean, it's a drastic move. He's literally saying he's disconnected from Gurkha, cold turkey, just dropping it all. You know, even if I think he's a racist or not, um, I mean, it's an opinion on Facebook under his name. If if you don't like what he has to say, then the most you can do as a consumer is simply not support him or potentially write on his wall. But if you don't buy his cigars, there's no reason for I don't know why he would like run away and disappear. Like he's, he's running away like he's a felon. Yeah. I don't mean, like I just. Just go be fancy. Organize a boycott of the company. Hell, I've been boycotting Gurkha for like five years. <laughs> yeah, Junior. Junior, we have longer, not. Yeah. yeah, we don't. We don't enjoy Gurkha long before this face, but we've hated him for many years. So the fact that he's like, "Oh, I said something offensive," I'm like, well, we don't know or give a shit because we think your product is crap anyway. So he doesn't exactly. You know, it's just. If you want to say well, something to be racist, it's about something that's like, well, we don't like you to begin with, so I do whatever you want, you know? Junior, know. Junior and I were talking about this before we went on. Uh, you know, it, it, do, is there anybody on this program tonight or anybody else that you know, someone in their lifetime has made some, some offhand comment that after stopping and think about it, you think, why did I say that? That's not what I was yeah. thinking kind of a thing. Yeah. We've all done it. And, yeah. you know, the proper thing to do if you have offended somebody, you should say, I'm sorry, and they should accept your apology. It's done. You know? If he right. wants to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said, if he would have just said, look, I, if you would have manned up, said, I said this, I apologize if it offends you. You know, this was meant to be enjoyed by my friends. I, this is just, it was funny to me, or this is what I believe. I mean, apologize yeah. that you offended people, but there's no need to run and hide from it. I mean, it's, Okay, even if you didn't mean it, just go on there and apologize. I'm sorry I said this. That was racist. I, you know, just apologize. Nobody, that's it. And we're done. Nobody yeah. cares. As, as it should be and as it used to be, but that doesn't seem to work anymore, unfortunately. Well, well prior to screwed. social media, you know, yeah, prior to social have. media, it had never been known. Right. You know, it had been said to a few people. You know, the people that uh, he said it to would have voiced their opinion whether they agreed or disagreed, and it would have basically been over with now with social media. But my whole thing with the with that is 
you would think somebody, and, and not just him specific, but so many of the people that you can look at that have had issues and lost careers and stuff like that over something on social media, you would right. think these people would be intelligent enough to think before they put something out there that's going to be there from now on. I mean, you can pull it down, but if somebody screenshotted it, it's over. I yeah. mean, yeah. granted, I'm a truck driver. You know, you know, I'm a truck driver. Yeah, my mouth's about three seconds ahead of my brain most of the time. <laughs> but these guys are CEOs and chairmen of companies and superstar athletes and stuff like that that get themselves in a bind because they can't think before they hit send. That's true. When you've got an audience that watches your every, literally watches your every move, every word you say, when you post anything and you've got 2.3 million followers, you can't take it down fast enough. As soon as you hit send, people have it instantly and you can right. never get it back. Yeah. So, you know, um, and like you as a truck driver, the, the only people that you get, to, I mean, you're just talking to other truck drivers and, and that's it. It goes into space and um, on a CB radio maybe, and that's it. Um, but you know, it's just, it, it, look, even if you want to say, even if you just came out and said, I'm Hazosha, I am a racist. All right. I mean, you're not the first. I don't, I don't like your products and I'm not going to support you anyway, but at least you're honest about it. <laughs> um, but the fact that he's trying to deny and try to hide it and saying that it's somebody hacked into it, we all know it's bullshit. There's no need to say that. I mean, because all his, his previous posts were in a similar vein and no one's going to hack into your account and type up something that is in line with your beliefs. That's not how hacking works. You're going to you're going to type up something that's going to be super personally offensive, you know, like my product, mm. you know, you're going to put something that's very off cuff, not right. molded and and molded and scripted and edited it to fit what he believes in. Like that's not how that's not what hackers do. <laughs> um but so, it, it goes back to kind of what senior was saying the internet age, the internet age has two major problems one once it's out there it's out there it's never never truly gone and two everybody regardless of how stupid they may be has a voice and yeah. a pulpit to get up there and say their voice and unfortunately opinions are like assholes everybody's got one and most of well all of them stink so I mean, realistically, you have this, what it, what's the cute term they like for it? Social justice or some shit like that. Like, yep. the, the whole concept of innocent until proven guilty in this country is completely dead. Yeah. And, and along with this, that too, also, without trying to sound too dramatic, also, what we're looking at now is the death of the First Amendment. Yeah, you know, free That's speech very has true. been protected. Even hate speech has been protected by the courts. Do uh, you guys remember this? I disapprove of what you say, but I would defend to the death what you like to say it. Yeah. Yep. That, that was, uh, in effect is the First Amendment. Yeah, it's okay to disagree, but you shouldn't. You don't have the right to take someone else's voice away to say what they want to say. It's right. the diversity of beliefs that help make this country what it was to begin with. So, right. um, but, you know, it's not like I said, we disagree with what he says, but, you know, if he wants to say something that offends people, well, that, all right. Um, 
But let me ask everyone this, aside from his potential racism, does anybody even like Gurkha cigars? Like, does anyone even like the products to be honest? Taking the racism out. I just want to see if there's anything to bond on at all. Or is this just unadulterated, branded, or is there some type of, there's no he salvation a, in this, is there? He is a master so, of marketing an inferior product. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, because if Gurkha would have spent half the money in their cigars that they did on marketing and boxing and stuff like that, they'd have had an awesome product. But instead, yeah. they got a, in, as Jerry put it, an inferior product in a fancy box. Yeah, that is a shame. That is a damn shame because... It, well, so this, this is going to lead into my grandma gears, the, yeah. the absence of humility and all that. But it is kind of like he spends so like he spent so much on the flamboyancy of telling the world that his cigars are premium, but not actually providing the premium part of the cigar. Just it's a lot of noise, you know, online noise and marketing. And like you said, he's got fancy boxes. But in the end, it's just I, 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 I don't know. I didn't get it. Well, not for the price. Quite honestly, because it kind of ties in, we'll go ahead and why don't we go ahead and do grind my gears now? Because uh, it kind of all ties into what we're talking about anyway. It is. So what I'm going to do, let me get that loaded up um, on Google Docs. So what really you realize uh, with, with grinding gears there, you can't be a truck driver. <laughs> And you're you know what? I was just selling cars. Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes. I was planning on I getting bet. my CDL license next week. That's what I was going to ask. Now all of them are automatic. So. Show of hands, Snyders. Who's got a CDL? Me. <laughs> me. Not <laughs> 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 me. Hey, 50% of us have. Right. You old timers. Both of you. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so this grammar gear is going to be a little, I mean, slightly long, but I'll, I'll get to it as quickly as, as, uh, as I can. So, uh, so, what really grinds my gears? So, this is what is really grinding my gears. It's when a company's culture and behavior is one of arrogance and hubris. Now, I do not mind if I think a company's product could use some improvements and adjustments. I do not mind if there is a delay in shipment of my products. I do not mind if I have to wait a few minutes on the phone for a representative to get customer service situation straightened out. None of those things really bother me, all things considered. What does bother me is when the attitude of a company, specifically a cigar company, does not represent that most important and fundamental virtue of our industry, humility. If you read and listen to the stories of most cigar-making patriarchs, Jose Orlando Padron, Heinrich Villiger, Don Alejandro Robaina, Manuel Casada, Zeno Davidoff, the Meritville family in Central Africa, Arturo Fuente Sr. and Jr., Avo Uvesian, and a host of others, all these elite members of the premium tobacco industry represent a homogenous blend of dedication and humility. Leaders such as these bring out the best qualities in a true family-owned boutique business. But somewhere down the line, some cigar companies started chasing profits over people 
and overshadowed the very people who helped bring them to success in the first place. People like Kaizot, for example, who are more infatuated with saying their products are, quote, worth their weight in gold, when, according to a seemingly large online audience, would say that they are average at best, personal experience included. I mean, really, shoving your political beliefs on social media, which according to ministryofcigars.com, Kaizad has done many times before, then hiding behind an excuse as indecent as I was hacked. I mean, come on, Kaizad, the premium cigar industry has enough political enemies without you giving the government even more evidence for a counterattack on why we should be shut down in the first place, as if they can't come up with enough reasons already. From my own experience, Gurkhas never really did hit the sweet spot on my palate. And for the price, I don't find them to be any better than most other brands. Their packaging is world-class, but like a bodybuilder on steroids, in the end, it comes up short. Brands like Gurkha pride themselves on being better than everyone else, but the reality is they're not. However, this is not the reason that I'm asking for your attention. I'm asking for your attention to say this. Don't be blindsided by the fancy packaging, the pious appearance and simple declaration of quote, ultra premium luxury, or a company's dazzling and interactive website. Buy the cigars from manufacturers that not only represent your wallet, but also represent your values and beliefs. Smoking a cigar, I feel, is not just an activity to do while having a drink or watching a game on TV, but smoking a cigar should be an extension of who you are and what you're about. And if you're smoking a brand like Gurkha's simply just to show off to your friends, you've missed the point of enjoying a premium cigar in the first place. Now, I think you will find the majority of premium tobacco industry is built on virtues. Virtues of patience, hard work, and loyalty. Tens of thousands of immigrants wanting to come make a better life for themselves, their families, and their communities for generations to come. And they're not concerned with flaunting their success as much as perfecting their craft so that people like you and I can enjoy the fruits of their labor. Be respectful, be humble, be grateful, and your cigars might taste just a little sweeter next time. Oh, and one more thing. If you're going to share your uninvited political opinions over the internet, don't be a coward and make it up an excuse to hide behind when the world shouts back at you. You don't have to step down as chairman and CEO just because you think your social media post is going to make you look bad, when in reality, we've disliked you all along before. Be a man and stand behind your confused and racist beliefs. And if you can't be honest with your customers, at least be honest with yourself. I'm Ben, and that's what really grinds my gears. Well said. That's very it. good. Very good. Any well, questions? Sounded almost professional. I'm, I'm impressed, yeah, I, man. Thank you. I took the time to, you know, write it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually nope. just learned to read last week, so <laughs> this is all very handy. <laughs> all right. Very succinct. Well done, my friend. I think you hit the nail on the head. I tell you, it took me, I've been, well, not arguing, I've been texting Junior back and forth for days and even weeks. Like, I'm trying to come up with a Grind My Gear segment. I'm trying to find something to write about. And when I read that article about him, I said, that's, there's a deeper issue to address here than just a Facebook post. I think it's, it's <clears throat> so that, that's kind of where I got it from. 
All right. So as we kind of head towards wrapping things up for tonight, has uh, anybody smoked anything interesting or new that they want to throw out there? I'll, I'll kind of start it off by uh, saying. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and, well, and this kind of applies to me and you both, senior, but uh, I've been on a uh, diesel kick here lately. They um, have one called Diesel Unlimited, started with the Lancero. That one's very good. Um, I tried it also in a Rupusto. Really, really good. Found another one, Diesel Uncut. Of course, these are all made by Apex Fernando. Um, some, some internet deals that I came across, but yeah, I've been on a total diesel kick plus the um, what do they call the other one whiskey row yeah whiskey row and there's there's one that's aged in bourbon barrels and the other one in sherry cask yeah I'm a big fan of the one that's aged in they're both good but I like the the sherry cask one is well your testimony of trying I haven't tried the sherry cask one yet but I did buy a pack of the diesel unlimited it's the one that comes in like it's like wrapped in brown paper it's like a 10 pack i think um very good cigar for the price i was i was stunned like it was it, it felt really good value for because it's not expensive for a 10 pack and i mean the flavor the burn all of it was really well, well constructed yeah definitely you can get them on cigar bid for some some really good deals if you yeah. kind of take the time to play around with it so they they've become the the diesel collection has kind of become my everyday cigar well that's interesting because you know people always assume that cigars that if they're really expensive from like Gurkhas that they're going to be better but in our experience I've noticed there are cigars six seven dollar range maybe even cheaper you know if you get them online you at a bulk you get them like maybe four or five bucks a pop fantastic yeah. value you know they taste just as good and you don't have to spend fifteen dollars a piece Absolutely right. I've well, told people I've thrown away twenty dollars cigars, and I've loved two dollars cigars. It, it, the price is not not any way it should not be a marker for you as far as quality. That is interesting, though, where you would think you know if you're paying twenty dollars for a cigar that there's like extra fermentation, the process is more refined. You would think that you get the better value mm. out of it. That's not necessarily the case, but it stereotypically, if I'm paying more, ideally you should get more. But that's not really the case when it comes to cigars. I don't know. How that works, <laughs> but it yeah, one of the uh, cigars that I enjoy quite often is the Alec Bradley Sun Grown, and it comes in under usually under five bucks. Yeah, that's very true. I've been doing an Alec Bradley kick lately, the uh, Tempest Maduro uh, and Natural. Um, that's and a I good also bought, uh, I bought a ten pack of the Mundial, which is the it's like a Perfecto. The, well. It, yeah, it's like a it tapers at the front. The Mundial, very good smokes, and you know you buy a you buy them online pretty inexpensive, but for the for the money, can't beat it. Um, let's see. I've also had I bought a box of the Rocky Patel, the vintage 2006 San Andreas. It's a Rocky tends to be the Mexican San Andreas wrapper, and then like Nicaraguan filler. He likes that combo. So the uh, 06 San Andreas has been a very good smoke. Um, That's the one that like, has like the Lucha Libre uh, band on it. It's orange. Like the mask. It's, uh, no, it's not that one. Um, that's uh, no, oh, I know okay. what you're talking about. That is a, this is an orange band with like silver lining around it, but it's, it's a San Andreas right. orange band. Um, I know which one you're talking about though. Um, I was thinking that one had a San Andreas wrapper as well. It, yeah, well the I one might. you're talking about with the, with the skull wrapper does. 
I think it's actually called San Andreas or something like that. They're actually, hang on. Uh, I think so. It's the one with like some the Day of the Dead here. sort of flurry skull and yeah. Yeah. There's some setting in a box right over here. I'll edit out all this random plastic noise, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, Lord de San Andreas, and yeah, it has kind yeah. of a skull, Day of the Dead type skull with the Mexican flag colors on it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to try it now because well, that's what we do. That's a good smile. One of the brains that's just started getting our part of the country here in the West right now, and probably, I know it's been back East Coast for a while, maybe you've worn across them. Uh, ben, is the Protocol Cigars, have you seen those? What's it called? Say that again. Protocol. Mm -mm, not familiar. Haven't seen them. Okay, I, I know that they're they're being made by a couple of guys. Uh, I wish I could give you a more detail on it. I know there's a couple of guys from New Jersey that are actually retired cops that has to go along the name Protocol, but they've got a uh, a San Andreas wrapper one out that's just fantastic. It's just now starting to get in the Midwest. Great. Support. Is it Cubariqueño LLC? It, uh, it's in partnership with Espinosa and the Lozano yeah. factory. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Two guys from New Jersey, two cops from New Jersey. That's what I understand. Retired cops. Yeah. I think they just want to go and try to get people to collect old unpaid parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buy my cigars. By the way, can you also sign here, here and date here? Yeah. No reason. Hey, just hey, sign. Yeah. We support the blue line, brother. I know. <laughs> I know. But, but they do have a sand race is really good. And and one locally that we have right now is called and I'm sure you guys haven't seen this one, because right now I think it's just in this area called the Mansa. M A N S A. Heard of that? Have you heard of it? I heard of it. I don't know anything about it, but I've heard of Mansa. Great, before. great, great cigar. It's actually made by Gabby Caffey, I think. And uh a guy here locally is uh, He's it's his brand. He's really just starting in the business, and you know how being in a in a with uh, a a small company like that, um, <clears throat> your boutique, I go push that rock up the wall, up the, the mountain every day. And yeah. anyway, if you guys do run across that one, it, it's a big, uh, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Um, it's a big Maduro cigar. I'm trying to remember what size. It's very it's large and it's also box pressed, but it is absolutely delicious if you run across it. The man I'm going to look into this protocol stuff because I've never heard of protocol, but if I can find out how to order them, I'd definitely give them a try. I don't mind trying new brands. There's always classics that you're going to have in your humidor, but I think, you know, th this, this probably sounds like it's one of those brands where it doesn't have to cost a fortune but because it's new. Um, no, it's, it not, mean it's, it's not, not good. expensive cigar. I, can't, I couldn't tell you right off the bat where it falls in as far as uh, maybe eight, nine bucks, I think. But their San Andreas is great. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark this because I want to learn more about this. Yeah, I like the the style of this, Lazona, yeah. and it's Espinosa. So yeah, there's got some it's got yeah. some quality there. Yeah. Oh, Espinosa. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. Let's see the ad bookmark. Let's do that. Uh, um, definitely uh, appreciate everybody joining us tonight. Uh, Senior for making his uh, triumphant return, Jerry for making his first of what will now be many, many appearances. Hopefully, if we haven't run off in the last hour. This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. <laughs>